Are you ready for the word of the Lord today? Get your Bible out, the book of Job chapter 23. Job chapter 23. If you're in the junior high class today, you can be dismissed. Amen. They're having a class today, 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. They probably already beat me to it, but uh, that's all right. God bless them today in Jesus' name. Job 23, just two verses today in your hearing. Encourage you to be in, our, in your respective place of worship for midweek. Amen. Midweek matters. So you're not going to help me today? No. Midweek matters. Praise God. <laughs> Job 23 and verse number 8, the Bible, Job says, Look, I go forward and he's not there. I go backward, but I cannot perceive him. When he works on the left hand, everybody say the left hand. I cannot behold him, and when he turns to the right hand, I cannot see him. Verse 9 says, when he works on the left hand, and I want to talk about the left hand of God today. Heavenly Father, we love you. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for the spirit that we feel in this place today. God, your presence is here. And God, we open ourselves up right now to receive what you have for us. God, let our ear be tuned to your word today. Let him that hath an ear hear, God, what you would say to the church. And we thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. And amen. Would you give the Lord one more hand clap of praise as you're seated today? God bless you. God bless you today. <clears throat> it is estimated that about 10% of our world is left-handed. Do we have any lefties in the room? Oh, we got a few. Praise God. I feel sorry for y'all. <clears throat> I really do. I do because we live in a world where 90% of people are right-handed. Our world is tailored to and most times caters to those of us that are right-hand dominant. It's absolutely true. Left-handers left often feel the pressure to conform to a right-handed world and in a lot of cases have to learn to do things with their right hand, not because they want to, but because the world has not provided them with any other way to do it. You know, it wasn't all that long ago that teachers in the classroom wanted every student to write with their right hand. If you were left-handed back in those days, they would ask you to switch to your right hand and learn how to do it that way because in all of the notebooks that the kids would use, all the margins were set up on the paper for right-handed people, right? And rather than have the, the spiral, you know, in your way, you know how y'all lefties do when you write. You, you write upside down. With the, I don't know how you do that, you guys. You ever tried to eat dinner as a right-handed person next to a left-handed person here? We're chicken winging, man. We're, we're fighting. Elbows. Throwing elbows at dinner. That's what's going on. Yeah. 
But the teacher said, look, you, you, we don't want you doing that. Uh, the margins are on the left hand, so we want you guys to write with the right hand. But I'm not right-handed. You are today, right? Left-handed golfers, if you're a golfer in the room, left-handed golfers used to have to learn to golf right-handed because they couldn't get their hands on left-handed clubs. You might remember this name, Brother Jimi Hendrix. Remember him? Yeah. Brother Jimi Hendrix, he used to, he was left-handed. He couldn't, he couldn't play a right-handed guitar because he couldn't get his, his hands on a left-handed guitar, so he had to learn how to play a right-handed guitar, but he had to learn, he just learned to play it upside down. And he could outplay just about everybody else at that time, right? Even hospitals, they, they don't have surgical instruments that are designed for the left hand. So your left-handed surgeon sometimes has to do right-handed surgery. Well, that ought to make you feel good, right? Yeah, that makes me feel comfortable, Brother Sizemore. Thank you for that. The truth is, left-handed people are not more awkward than right-handed people, but society has put them in a place where they can look awkward just by trying to function in everyday life. And you and I today... All of us were made in the image of God. And so why is it that we think that God is only a right-handed God? The Bible tells us that Job was the most blessed man in all of his part of the earth. He was more than just a good man. He was a, he was a godly man. He was a patriarch, which meant that he was a family man. He sacrificed for his children, not like you and I do today, but literally when his children would mess up, Job would, would offer a sacrifice unto God on their behalf. He was by all accounts the kind of person that most of us today strive to be. And yet unbeknownst to Job, there was a conversation being had about him above his head. He wasn't privy to that. He didn't know it, but the enemy was trying to set up a plan to destroy him and get, get him to turn his back on God, and God was about to let it happen. And he did let it happen. And Job went on an unprecedented journey that saw him suffer and lose everything that he had been blessed with. You know the story. Now, while on this journey, Job ran into a little bit of a dilemma. Bible says that while he was losing everything else he had, he managed to somehow dislocate and misplace God. He couldn't find him. I mean, it's bad enough when you lose your keys, when you lose your phone, when you lose your wallet, but what's it like to misplace or lose sight of God? And Job is in the middle of the toughest season that any human being has ever faced, and he can't find God. Now, Job and God go way back. you got to understand, they're old friends. He, Job loves God, but he can't find God, and that's got Job more than a little bit concerned. Job says in our text, he says, look, I go forward He's not there. I go backward. I can't perceive him. Uh, he's working on the left, but I can't behold him. When he turns to the right, I can't see him. Now, let me take a moment today and establish a premise that you ought to be familiar with. 
There is no doubt that we serve a mighty God. He's powerful. He is immutable. He's God all by himself. Nobody voted him into office. Nobody can dethrone him or veto him from office. You can't impeach God. He's Alpha. He's Omega. He's the beginning. He is the end. He has no equal. He has no rival. There's no power. There's no authority that's even on the same plane as the God we serve. The term in Scripture, the right hand of God. You're familiar with that. We know that. It's pretty common in Scripture. It's used in Scripture over 58 times as a metaphor for God's omnipotence, for his power, for his might. I can give you Scripture, Psalm 68. The psalmist said it's the right hand of God that upholds us. Psalm 110, he said that, that sit at my, my, says, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. It's Psalm 16 that tells us that in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Revelation says that there's a seed of power that exists at the right hand of God. And so the Bible paints this very clear picture for us about the right hand of God. More than 58 passages in the Bible tell us about the right hand of power, the right hand of strength, the right hand of authority, the right hand of omnipotence. And we like that and we want that and we want that power, we want that deliverance, we want that conquering, we want that right hand of God. But there's a truth that we don't always talk about because we don't want to seem unspiritual. And Job looked for answers to this because when he looked for the right hand of God, he couldn't find it. Job was looking to the right hand of God for the upholding. He was looking to the right hand of God for the power. He was looking to the right hand of God for the authority and the pleasure. But when he looked for God's right hand, he came up empty. And I think if we were being honest this morning, we'd admit that there are times that we have looked for God and we've looked for his strength and we've looked for his might and we've looked for his power and his deliverance. We've looked for his answer and yet we could not find him. Oh, I know you're too spiritual to admit that this morning, but let me just be transparent for me, okay? There have been times in my life where I needed the right hand of God, but when I looked for it, I couldn't find it. Can anybody relate to that today? Now, preacher, don't, don't, we, we can't be talking about that in church. We, 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 the, the same time. We, see, why, why don't you tell me about Mark 9 where Jesus said all things are possible to them that believe. Why don't you tell me about John 14 where I'm able to ask anything in his name and he'll do it. Yeah, that, that's what I want. I like that. That's good preaching. Tell me about Matthew where he said, ask and I shall receive and seek and I shall find and knock and the door is going to be open. Preach that preacher. I can shout about that. Give me Isaiah's assurance that by his stripes I am healed. That's a powerful word. That, that's talking about the right hand of God. That's talking about the power of God. Remind me that we shall lay 
lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's the authority of God. That's the right hand of God. I want to hear about that. Oh, but I got to wonder today how we reconcile things when God's right hand is absent. What do we do when we ask but we don't receive? What happens when I knocked on the door but the door didn't open? How, 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 do I, how do I respond when I laid hands on the sick and I prayed the prayer of faith and they did not recover? What do we do with that? Oh, pastor, you shouldn't be talking like that. That's not, this isn't the time or the place. Listen, I think today that it's possible that we've learned a great deal about the power and the favor of the right hand of God, but we don't know anything about his other hand. We don't know anything about the left hand. And when God uses his left hand in our lives, we don't know how to respond to that because we've been conditioned to always looking for the right hand of God. We're not as familiar with the left hand. What do we do when God decides to use his unfamiliar left hand rather than the old too familiar right hand? We know about the right hand of God. We sing about the right hand of God. We preach about the right hand of God. But I've got to remind us here today that sometimes God uses his left hand. We serve a God who is ambidextrous. Mm. Yeah. We serve a God who is just as proficient with his left hand as he is with his right hand. It's just that he does different things with his left hand than he does with his right hand. And just because I don't see him working with the right hand of power in my life, and just because I don't see him working in the right hand of authority in my life, doesn't mean that he isn't working. Just because I don't find myself in the right hand of God at the moment doesn't mean I'm not in his hand. I just might not be in his right hand. Yeah. You see, it's God's, in God's left hand, we're no less shielded. In God's left hand, we're no less protected. We're no further from God in his left hand than when we are in his right hand. But I feel more comfortable with the right hand because I know what to expect with the right hand. I'm more familiar with that. It's more comfortable for me to know that I'm in his right hand and yet it's the left hand of God that seems to be the cleansing place. It's the left hand of God that seems to be the sifting side, the purging hand. Oh, I might learn victory in his right hand, but I learn patience in his left hand. I learn how to be more than a conqueror in his right hand, but it's in his left hand where I learn to be still and know that he is God. And I learn how to wait upon the Lord and my strength will be renewed. I know all about the right hand of God, but what do you do when you find yourself in God's left hand? hand. 
I got to tell you, there have been a lot of times in my life when I wondered where God had me. Yeah. I was looking for one thing, but I wasn't seeing it. No. I was expecting to see the power. I was expecting to see the authority. I, I was looking for this and that, but when I didn't see it, it kind of left me wondering what was wrong with me. Oh, is there something, something wrong with me? Is there something I'm not doing right? Pastor, is there, is there something that I've missed? And, and I've spent a lot of time in my life, and I've endured a lot of frustration looking for the right hand of God in my life, and I couldn't find it. But like Job, I had to learn the hard way that when I can't see God's right hand at work in my life, it's likely because he's holding me with his left hand. Mm. Job said in verse number 9, when he works on the left hand. Job is saying, I recognize that God has a left hand. And that he's working with his left hand. It's just that I can't tell you what he's doing. Right? He said, I looked for his right hand, but I couldn't see the right hand. And while I can't tell you much about the left hand, what I can tell you is that his left hand is over here working. It's over here operating. I just can't tell you what it is. I can't tell you what he's doing. But I can tell you that he's working with his left hand. Job didn't say God was working on the right hand. He said God is working on the left hand. Paul told us that the left hand is important. Ephesians 6 and verse 16. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one. Now see, what you need to understand is that the shield of faith is a protective device. It blocks and catches everything that the enemy tries to throw at you. And if you go back in history and look, you'll notice that they never made a right-handed shield. They never made a shield for the right hand. It was always for the left hand. That left arm would slide into that support that left hand would grip that handle and that left hand would be used for that shield to protect. And you need to know today that many times if you find yourself in the left hand of God that he's using that left hand as a hand of protection. It's the way that he's keeping you in a place where the enemy cannot defeat you. It's a way that he's keeping you where the enemy cannot touch you. But if we get too focused on the right hand of God... See, we get too focused on the right hand because it's the right hand that in that same scripture goes and picks up the sword of the Spirit. Oh, it's the sword of the Spirit. And that's how I fight. And that's how I take back new territory. And that's how I tear down walls. And God said, but there's also a shield in the left hand and you can't fight in the right hand if you aren't protected on the left hand. Mmm. And I would contend to us today that when you were in the battle taking hits and when life was out of control and you wondered how you were going to hold on through another sleepless night 
and you wondered how you were going to survive another betrayal. Yeah, and you wondered how much you could take. And the enemy seemed like he was attacking on all fronts. And you've prayed, but the answer has not come. And you've cried all the tears you can cry. And your healing hasn't come yet. And you've done all that you know to do. And you're looking for that right hand of power. And yet, if you could look down on your situation, Brother Tierney, from where God sits, you'd see that he's put a shield around about you, and he's protecting you, and he's keeping you, and he is fighting for you, and you are still firmly in his hand. It might just be that you're in his left hand. Mm. Because we learn power and attack on the right hand. But we learn to trust him on the left hand. Yeah. Yeah. You might not be attacking right now. You might not be taking it all back right now. You might not be gaining any new ground right now. You might not be conquering any new territory right now. But I've come to remind you that he's keeping you. And he's preserving you. And he's letting you live to fight another day. He's working on the left hand. I can't tell you what he's doing. I don't know where it's going. But he's got you in his hand. He's working. He's keeping you in the left hand. Mm. Somebody shout amen today. The book of Revelation was written by John. Written by John on an island called Patmos. Now, John was no ordinary man in that he was one of Jesus' very close friends. Not only was he one of the 12 disciples, but John was one of the three that was considered to be a part of Jesus' inner circle. John was a very good friend Jesus. Patmos was no ordinary island. It was a prison island. It's something that you and I might know and, and liken unto Alcatraz, right? I mean, there was no infrastructure on Patmos, but it was kind of like that in the sense that it was an island by itself. It was its own prison. Once you were sent to Patmos, you could not get off the island. It had no infrastructure. You just kind of slept wherever you could sleep. And you just kind of ate whatever you could eat. And, and most of the inhabitants of Patmos, when, when they were there, they would literally go insane. They, they, they would, that, that was how it would work out for them. It, they, would go, they would go crazy. It was an island prison. And John had been exiled there. He lived in a cave on Patmos. It was cold. It was dark. It was desolate. And I'm sure that John had more than his fair share of questions about why he was there. God, how did I get here? Why me, God? I mean, I was, I was your friend. I, I, was, I was a friend of the Lord. I, I mean, out of all of the rest of the guys, I'm the one that you called beloved. I mean, I witness, I witness miracles. I, what, what, what are you doing here, Lord? I'm, I'm all alone here. I, it's dark and cold. They, they've trumped up these charges against me. I, I, I'm a prisoner, Lord. When, when, when you were hanging on the cross, God, I was the only disciple who was still around. When you asked me to take care of your mother, I did. I, I took care of her. I, I did my best. And this is how you're going to repay me, God? I, I don't get it. I, I, I'm desperate. I, did I do something wrong, God? Did I, did I miss something somewhere along the way? 
oh, some of us can relate to this today. Lord, when's it going to be my turn? How did I get here? I'm trying my hardest, God. I'm watching other people get their prayers answered, Lord, and I'm happy for them, but I've been asking too, and I've been seeking too, and I've been knocking too. God, did I do something wrong? And while John was confused about where he was and what he was going through, the Lord spoke to him and said, John, I've got some things that I need to reveal to you and to my church concerning things that are yet to come. John, over the next 2,000 years, my people are going to need to know what I'm doing and, what I, what, and what's coming their way so that they'll know how to overcome. So John, I had to put you where you are by yourself out of my right hand of power, out of authority, so that I could place you under the protection of my left hand, John, because I've got some things that I need to reveal to you. <clears throat> so John wrote, John 1, verse number 9, I, John, your brother in companion, not in tribulation, not in power, but in tribulation. Yeah. Not in triumph but in tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ. Did you catch that? He didn't say, I, John, overcome knocking down walls and taking back territory. No, he said, let me tell you what my closeness has brought me. It's brought me tribulation. It's brought me patience in Jesus Christ. I was on an island called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. John said, I'm here to testify about somebody who's using me in a way that I do not understand. He said, John, whatever you see, write it in a book and send it to the seven churches. Yeah. My beloved John, my friend John, my, my inner circle buddy John, write down what I'm giving you. Send it to the church because my church is going to need to hear what is being revealed to you while you're in my left hand. Not overcoming, not, not in power, not in authority, but while you're in submission to my will, John, I want you to write this stuff down. And I've come to ask you and I the question this morning, what is God trying to reveal to you while he has you in his left hand? Because if the left hand is a place of protection, and if the left hand is a place of revelation, then what might God be trying to show you while you're there? Because what God shows you while you're in his left hand won't just be for you. But it's going to be for the kingdom of God. It's going to be for the entire church. It's going to be for the people of God to help them overcome. But you're not going to get that, John, if you're not willing to recognize that God is working on the left hand. Mm. A few verses later, John said, I saw... The voice that spoke to me. And his hair was white like wool. And his voice was as the sound of many waters. And in his right hand, John said, he had seven stars. 
Who are those seven stars, Brother Sizemore? That's the churches that Jesus told John to write to. He's got the church in, in his right hand. And look at verse 17. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me. Do you see that? Oh, so, so power does come. And authority does come. And victory does come. It just doesn't come on my cue. Yeah. It happens when he says it's time to happen. And he put his right hand on me. John said, and said, do not be afraid, for I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. You got to love it when Jesus amens himself. Amen. And I have the, like this, and I have the keys to death and to hell. Now, 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 now notice with me, if he's got the church in his right hand, and it's on John in verse 17, then in what hand is he holding the keys to hell and death? Let me tell you, Jesus don't have no pockets, baby. If he's got his hand, if he's got the church in his right hand then which hand is he holding the keys to hell and to death? <laughs> My friend, Satan has threatened you with death. He's threatened you with damnation. And Jesus has come to tell you, don't worry about it, honey, because I've got both of those things covered. I've got them. I'm use, I may not be using them in power right now. I may not be using them in power right now. I'm using them in protection because I've got the keys to death and to hell, but they're in my left hand. Oh, be comforted, saint of God. Be comforted, friend of God. Be comforted, beloved of God, because I've got you covered. I'm not just a single-handed God. I can comfort you, and I can save them. He said, I can help you, but I can bring victory over on the other side. He said, I can save them, I can avenge the church, and I can open the key and the door of hell with the other hand. It's all at the same time. I've got the key to your victory in my left hand. Mm. <laughs> Let me tell you, it's death and hell. It's the two things that human beings fear the most. Forgive me for saying this, but you've heard people in the world say this. When they get upset at somebody, when, when, they, when they try to place somebody, when they try to curse somebody, they'll tell them to go to hell. Oh, some of y'all get, getting convicted right now. <laughs> Why do they do that? Because apparently hell is the worst place you can send somebody. Apparently. And we're afraid of that. 
We're afraid of death. We're afraid of hell. And yet Jesus says, if I've got you in my left hand, you can feel good about it because that's the same hand that I'm going to unlock the door to your eternal destiny and your eternal supply. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to help you. And I've got the keys in my left hand. And God can minister to you. And he can protect you. And he can open up doors of revelation to you. And he can cause your ministry that you thought was dead to live again. And he can cause those giftings to come alive again. And he can cause a spirit that you might have thought was asleep uh, to live again and well up like springs of living water on the inside of you. I don't see it in my power. I don't see it in authority right now. But God said it's because I've got you squarely in my left hand. Somebody say amen. And so Job says, I went to the right, and he wasn't there. And I went to the left. I couldn't see him, but I know that he's working on the, I can sense that he's working on the left. I don't feel like I'm in authority right now. I don't feel like I'm in power right now. I'm not, I'm not taken back. I'm not conquering. I'm not overcoming. I, but, but, but he's working. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know what he's up to. I can't see it, but I can sense that he's working on the left. And today I want to let you know, you may not see the power of God in your life right now. You may not see miracles happening right now. You may feel like God has forgotten about you. You may feel like you're on an island somewhere. You may feel like you've been deserted, that God has left you. I can't find him. I go to the front. I go to the back. I can't feel him. I can't find him. But my friend, rest assured that just because you can't feel him right now doesn't mean you're not in his hand. You just might be in his left hand. Oh. Is there anybody who knows what it's like to be in the left hand of God? Is there anybody who knows what it's like uh, to be in a place of protection, to be in a place of revelation where God can keep you? I'm thankful for his left hand. I said I'm thankful for his left hand. Come on, if you're thankful for that today, why don't you just give your hands... Stand to your feet with me if you could. I went to the right. He wasn't there. Oh, God, help us when we're looking for the right hand of power, but we can't see you. I went to the left, and I couldn't see what was going on, Job said, but I... I could hear and I could feel he, he was working. I don't know what he was doing. Job, how do you feel about all of that? Job said, let me tell you how I feel about it. But he knows the way that I take. I might not even know where I am right now. I might not even know whether I'm on the right hand, I'm on the left hand. I don't know if I'm on an island prison, some, I'm on Patmos, I don't know where I am, but he knows the way that I take. And when I come through, I will come through as pure gold. 
Today, you might not be, you might not feel like you're winning the battle. But I'm here to tell you that God is working on the left. He's working with his left hand today. And you might be in this place this morning and you might have come into this building and you might say, Brother Sizemore, I just, I, I, I feel like Job. I, I, I don't know where God is. He doesn't seem to care about me. He doesn't seem to be involved in my situation. And I've come to tell you today that God is right there with you. Lo, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. But I will be with you always even until the ends of the earth. Why don't you lift your hands with me right now? Come on, the Spirit of the Lord is in this room. Come on, I believe there's some people here today that you need to know that you're in the left hand of God. God is protecting you. God is keeping you. Those babies may not have come back to the house of the Lord yet, but God's got a shield round about them, and he's getting ready to bring them home. I want to tell you, that family, that family may not be acting right right now, but God's got you in his left hand. He's shielding you. He's keeping you. He's causing you to fight another day and be victorious. Come on, as we get ready to sing a song today, I wonder who might be willing to come and say, Brother Sizemore, I need God to put his hand on me. I need to know that I'm in his hand. I, I need him to take that right hand of power and I need him to put it on me. I, I, I need to be like John. I, I need to feel the authority of God. I need to feel the comfort of God. I need God to speak to me. I need God to reveal something to me. Come on, who's here today? And you know that you're in the left hand of God as we sing today. Who will come? Oh, even when I don't see it, God, I know you're working. Yes. Come on, who will come today and who will cry out to God? Come on, even when I don't feel it. God, I know you're working. Come on, lift your hands. Come on, lift your hands today. Oh, God, work on me. 